Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of the Burning Eye podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Hart. It's lovely to be back. I hope everyone is good and not melting. I'm a bit melty today. Today's episode, we are joined by the fabulous Jackie Juno, whose new collection, Priestess of the Powder Puff Experiment, is out now at burningeye.co.uk. Jackie Juno is a writer, poet and performer living on the edge of Dartmoor in Devon. She is a multiple Poetry Slam winner, including Glastonbury Festival Slam 2017, and was a contender at the National Poetry Slam in 2018. She has been a finalist in many international competitions for her short stories, flash fiction and poetry, including Arvon, Writing Magazine and Mitslexia. Jackie has performed her poetry at two TEDx talks. She has held the title of Bard of Exeter 2011 to 2012 and Grand Bard of Exeter 2012 to 2019. She teaches creative writing online and in person and loves inspiring people who think they are not writers and who will find that they can create great pieces of work in the right prompts. She is also the lead singer and lyricist of psychedelic rock band The Invisible Opera Company of Tibet. She has a bit of a map fetish and is so painfully hip that she might need a new one. As ever, we hope you have a nice cold drink with you as you sit back and enjoy today's episode. Hello, Jackie Juno. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Nice to be here. Pretty good, thank you. It's a yeah. lovely day. Yeah. It is. It's getting hot again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, nice. I just went out for like a quick 10-minute walk and I sweated a lot, so <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always nice when it's 20 degrees at 9am. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. So to kick things off, um, I'm going to ask you a silly question first. Um, what was the last thing that you ate that was like absolutely banging? Absolutely banging. Oh, well, I'm on a really strict diet at the moment. Um, absolutely banging. Last thing I ate. Um, <laughs> some fruit. <laughs> But it's um, organic fruit, banana, pear, um, apple, and raspberries from the garden. Wow, that sounds lovely. Refreshing. Only the raspberries were from the garden, not the banana. No, I was going to say, you've got a banana tree in your garden. How cool. <laughs> Tropical Buddy Tracy. Yeah, I love a good fruit, fruit salad. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. I had some melon this morning. That I lugged back from the shop yesterday. I was like, yeah, melon, let's go. Trying to be healthier or whatever. But yeah, fruit. Fruit is a banging food to eat. Well done. Uh, so with today, we're going to be chatting about your new Burning Eye book, Priestess of the Powder Puff Experiment. Yes. First of all, where did this title come from? <laughs> it's actually a line. It's not a title of a poem. It's a line in one of the poems in the book. Um, and the poem is called Sanctuary, but I actually created the poem from a, you know, one of those word cloud things, um, a mind map or something where you start off with one word that you want to write about. And, and the word was the moon, moon, and then you branch off and just end up with things that aren't anything to do with the moon. Um, and I found that it helped me write that particular poem in a way that I wouldn't have written it without the word cloud or whatever the mind map um so that's the first line I am priestess of the powder puff experiment and I just thought it's quite intriguing 
and then it, it set me off on this journey um it's it's quite feminist and um well that's all i'm saying at the moment perhaps i'll do that poem for us today later i don't know oh yeah maybe that would be nice yeah i love it and um i um obviously we went through a couple of titles as well in the beginning to see what fit the most but i think this is very jackie this title <laughs> i think it works yeah. really well yeah um so i remember seeing you at various festivals over the years I've bought your fruit zines your veg scenes um I just remember uh one year at Green Gathering you sort of at the side of, of one of the like walkways walk paths flogging you flogging things out of a little briefcase um and I think I just started working at Burning Ivan and I loved it I love that DIY go out and do it yourself you know sort of ethos that I I feel like over the years, poetry has become a bit more professional. There's a lot more sort of organisations, publishing houses, things like that. Um, but the DIY uh, vibe is still very much alive. Um, so when you submitted to us through our open call last year, I was really, both Clive and I were both really excited um, to have you because you are one of the staples of the Southwest scene. Yeah. And you've obviously done so much um, to contribute to the community here. Um, and you're very well known in that as well. So my sort of question is, how did you, how did you get into poetry? What, what was it that led you down that path? Well, although I've always written poetry in some form or another throughout my life, the explosion of uh, my doing performance poetry, um, which was about 15 years ago, um, was came about through an art exhibition I was doing, because I'm also a painter. And I was, I as I was hanging the exhibition, which was in Totnes in Devon, um, I thought, oh, that, I've written that poem that would go with that painting. I think I'll put that up next to it. And it was the first time I'd properly shown my poetry in public. Um, and when the, exhibition opened it was just on for a week everybody was raving about the poems um and i'd made these little handmade books that you could take around the exhibition with you to read the poetry as well some extra poems in them and people kept wanting to buy them and i'm like oh well they're not for sale but oh go on then and then i had to go home each night and make some more <laughs> um and i found i just found the energy for my poetry was so strong that i kind of thought oh all right then i'll do an open mic and then it just it really did explode um and i was so happy because i had done i had been on the stand-up comedy circuit for some years but i found it quite brutal and um oh just you know a lot of people getting drunk and shouting abuse at anyone who'd come up on the stage and i don't know i just it was quite I, it was great when you get a good gig but Anyway, then suddenly I was flung on the poetry scene and I'm like, oh, people listen and they don't necessarily get drunk and they don't shout at you and you don't have to be hilarious every three seconds. Um, so although I was doing a lot of comedic stuff um, and I often do now, I, I found that you could bring anything into a poetry gig. It didn't have to be funny all the time. And it was, a it was such a revelation. Um, yeah and just so warm and interesting the poetry scene yeah yeah I I think so too as well in terms of coming from another sort of scene of live performance and then into the poetry world you're like oh 
it's, it's very appreciated yeah. yeah and as well like being able to bring in those elements of stand-up comedy as well into what you're doing I think it works there's a really good blend isn't there and Johnny Fluffy Punk does it really well um yeah. Elvis McGonagall is another one who who does stand up with poetry really really well yes and definitely when I've seen you at slams over the years it's very refreshing uh, because a lot of slams there were there was like this period of slamming where everything was very trauma based so anyone that got up on the stage and did something that was that was kind of funny was like oh great so like <laughs> good you know and that was you know something that really stood out I think kind of tipped the other way a bit and um, you've obviously done Bard of Exeter and Grand Bard of Exeter what is the difference between you know the the two of those yeah, okay, so the, the Bard of Exeter, you, you get the title from being voted in by the people of Exeter who are at the gig where you, you, you perform your own material and you sort of convey what you'd do if you won the Bardic title. Um, so then everyone in the audience votes and uh, the Bard is chosen that way and you hold the title for a year. But when my year was coming to a close, the, the Grand Bard... Um, wanted to bestow that title upon me and it's a seven-year role and oh, it wow. felt a bit a bit a sort of onerous um i wasn't sure as well because it's quite um married with druidry and i'm not a druid um not that i've got anything against druidry i think it's brilliant um but i just thought oh should i do i have to be a druid um and the answer was no i don't have to be a druid i can still be my mad witchy self <laughs> um and yeah, so I did take on the role and the Grand Bard's role is really to oversee the um, the incoming bards and the outgoing bards to support them and to make sure that when the bardic contest is held, um, just certain protocols are followed just to carry on the tradition really. Okay. Um, so then I, I, so I did hold that role for seven years and I passed it on to Kimway who now holds it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Great. That sounds like a, a very long term as well. Seven years is quite, you know, most uh, laureates is like, what? how how long is a laureate term? Like five, four years? Yeah. I think it's four years, yeah. Yeah. But I love that. And I, you don't see that in a lot of other places regionally, having these sort of, you know, barred titles or anything. I think I've only really seen it in, in the Southwest. Well, no, there are, there are about 23 or four um, ancient bardic seats, which are all over Britain, Wales and, you know, Canterbury, Glastonbury. Um, I can't remember all of them, but... Oh, um, oh, well, there's a whole network of you. Yeah, but there's also um, new bardic seats can pop up at any time. You can just say, right, let's get a bardic seat going in, I don't know, Swindon. Why I would not? love that. Barden, Barden, Swindon definitely needs a bard. I think, yeah. 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 Swindon's also one of those places where you don't expect there to be a, 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 a rich poetry scene, but actually, a lot of a lot of great poets have come out of Swindon. Yeah. No, there's a great uh, regular night in Swindon at the Beehive, um, which is run by Nick Lavelle and oh God, fancy me forgetting that. No, I'm terrible at remembering names anyway five oathmen yeah that's yeah. It. yeah 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 thank you for that so yeah it is possible poetry in swindon <laughs> poetry can be in the most unlikely of places indeed so let's get on to the book then so would you describe a uh, priestess of the powder puff experiment as something that is um 
a showcase of all the work over the years or is this something that you have kind of organically grown over the last sort of few years and decided that you wanted to, to do a collection with yeah it's um it's not a it's not a looking back over the because i've got four other collections before this this is literally the last four years distilled into this book of which i'm very proud and very happy with um so yes it's taken four years to create the poems and then compile it so it's quite a mixture like all my previous books are it's quite a mixture of confessional and funny and uh bit ranty um, yeah I would say you've got a great balance in there of kind of um considering your identity as a person and where you come from and and some of the less savory parts of experience of life mixed in with that very sort of silly um comedic uh, thing that we know and love that we see from you on on the stage um did you is is that kind of a balance that you've had in your previous books as well or is like something that you wanted to explore more in this was those more sort of survivorship themes no i've always um i've always included a, a broad range of, of moods because obviously yes when i when i perform i generally tend to do um more funny stuff i like to entertain and make people laugh but i like to also inject a bit of other stuff in with a set and i i tend to do that more now when i first started out i just was funny um, but now I like to bring in more kind of introspective, poignant, tender stuff or confessional. Yeah. Um, so I think it reflects a more broad range. Yeah. Was it um, sort of a challenge for you to find that balance or uh, was it something that yeah. you sort of were like, yeah, this is because uh, I often write. Uh, quite serious earnest things but in my mind they it's like that sort of funny in my mind I think it's hilarious but then other people read it and they're like this is really deep and I'm like oh <laughs> yeah well you can be deep and funny um I've forgotten what the question was now uh <laughs> Do you, like I was gonna say was it uh was it difficult for you to to interject that narrative into your into the book oh yes so most people would be terrified of doing stand-up comedy but I actually found that easier than exposing my more vulnerable side so the, the the comedy was easier to do for me than than the other stuff um so it did take a while to introduce some more introspective um soul searching um work into my sets but now i think that's really good i really like it in fact i did a gig with um john Hegley and he was like, oh, I, I love your stuff, um, but do you ever write any serious stuff, any other kind of, I was like, yeah. He said, oh, you should include it, at least one piece, no matter how small your set is. And, I, and I've taken that advice on and then it's, it's actually grown so it doesn't have to be all funny stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good balance there, isn't it? And, and um, a testament to you as a writer and, and the fact that you can go into those different zones with it quite seamlessly and move between them and then be able to showcase that for people live on on the stage but obviously people buying your book now will get more of a, a sense of those kind of more serious confessional pieces that you you say you're writing as well um do you have a favorite piece in the book oh gosh really difficult 
I suppose, I suppose that is quite hard, actually. <laughs> I suppose it does build to a crescendo. And the last few poems I am particularly keen on because they they convey so much. Um, yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it? There's a lot of poems in there as well. It's, a, it's quite packed. <laughs> oh, gosh. I've written two poems in there about my daughter as well, who's recently turned 20 um which are very close to my heart so yeah it's difficult to yeah choose. <laughs> i mean they're all they're all your babies aren't they all these poets, they? Yeah. yeah yeah with the 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 preciousness of of the poems and stuff i suppose another question would be was there um did you find it very hard to kind of narrow it down to the final collection um or were you like pretty good at being like actually this is this is it this is going to be it yeah, no, the, I think it was pretty obvious. There were one or two peripheral ones that didn't make it in, but generally I knew which ones were going in the book. Yeah, it it was pretty obvious to me. Yeah. And in terms of editing, like how was that for you, that sort of book production process of, of um, editing beforehand and then editing with Harriet as well? How did you find that process? Really helpful. Um, usually I just self-edit, um, but it's, it's honestly, um, there were so many things pointed out, which tiny little subtle things, which I missed. I was so grateful to have those hawk eagle eyes on each line, on each word, on each <laughs> punctuation mark. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and it's such a good book. Like I think, begin the first, from the first poem, you launch completely into it. There's no like, du -du -du. you're like, boom, here it is. Here's the poetry. And I think some of the pieces in there are just brilliant. My favorite, my personal favorite piece is the um, murder at the writers' retreat because I have been on so many writers' retreat and had that same like what if there was a murder or what if there was a killer on the loose? You know, because a lot of the times you're in the middle of nowhere and you're like, well, yeah. anything could happen. Yeah. And I, I really love that poem because I think it really brought to life all of the things that I think about when I go on writer's retreat. But yeah, it came to me as a Cluedo game because the place where we were staying was just, it had a billiard room, it had a ballroom, it had all the things and I just had to do it, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> so creative. Um, and I, I think as well, like you were saying, so is this your fifth book now, this one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how do you feel like you've progressed from the first to this book? Oh yes, very much so. I can so see my trajectory and it's going up, which is good. <laughs> I, go, I go to a lot of workshops, retreats, um, you know, I have mentoring and, and writing buddies. I have a critiquing group that I'm involved with. So. I'm always open to learning more and I can see the progression from, I think the first book was in 2009, it came out, but again, that was a few years of um, poetry collated by then. So some of them were even older than that. Yeah, um, just m much more crafted and um, aware, editing better, all that, all that juicy stuff. Yeah. And uh, you recently had a launch for this book. Yeah. How did that go? How was the launch? Oh, fantastic. So it was in a tiny moorland town in Dartmoor called Chagford. Um, where I've I been had... there. Have you? Yeah. 
it's a it's a lovely place and I, I used to live up there um it's about half an hour from where I now live but I run a monthly poetry night there or did until lockdown and then it began again and now I I, I tend to have some time off in the summer because I'm at so many festivals but so there is quite um, a community there who know of my work anyway because they come to the poetry nights and um, it was packed it was only a small venue you know it wasn't the O2 <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was so delightful. There was lots of people there that I didn't know as well. Um, and yeah, I sold, I don't know, 200 pounds worth of books. Do the maths. Um, it was great. Yeah. I loved it. Um, really enjoyed it. And yeah. I'm, thinking of, I'm hoping to do an online launch as well at some point. But like I say, the summers are usually insane. Um, you know, the book came out the day before I went off to Glastonbury Festival. Oh, yeah. So that that got in the way of a lot of things because I was there for nine days or something. Wow! With no signal with no signal. Um, did so, you perform while you were there? I did. Yeah. Um, I I had a couple of gigs. I was actually working as a tarot reader at the festival, so it was absolutely non-stop queues of people all the time. Wow! Um, but I also did some poetry there, um, and I entered the slam. Now I did win the slam in 2017, um, which was fantastic. And this year, oh, and so I came back, the last Glastonbury festival, I was one of the judges of the slam. And there was a woman there who I just thought, oh my God, she's got to win this. Her name is Tori Shine. So I was voting for her and um, she didn't win. But this year she entered and I thought, oh, I'm up against her. <laughs> and lo and behold, I was in the final with her, but she picked the post and she was spectacular. So I'm really happy that she's got the title because I'd seen her enter the slam several years running and she really deserved it, really deserved it. It was a brilliant, brilliant um, event. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, I think, um, you know, I've never been to Glastonbury, but like I said before, like I've, I've seen you a lot at festivals. I would definitely peg you as a festival poet um, in terms of that entertainment, that, that softness, that Jackie, that special Jackie ingredient that you bring to the stage. Um, so it's been a real pleasure to be able to produce this book for you and, and put it out into the world. And we hope to see you at many more gigs in the future, um, yeah. including online stuff as well. I think online stuff is definitely one that needs to be sticking around. So it's great, great to kind of reach people that are further afield from you, isn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think what a fantastic book you've got here. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, Bridget. It's been it's been a wonderful process. So easy and supportive. Burning Eye. Yeah, yeah. it's been a pleasure you. to have you because we think of you as, you know, uh, spoken word royalty these days. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Well, just take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I mean, don't just believe me. I mean, you've got this wonderful quote from Johnny Fluffy Punk. Yes. Uh, on the back of the book, uh, which starts very Johnny like in the I bloody love Jackie Juno. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just, I mean, that, that quote alone has helped to sell lots of my books already. <laughs> and there's a, a lovely quote from Matt Harvey as well, who I absolutely adore. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been great to have that support. From yeah. It's other geniuses. Oh, the other geniuses of the <laughs> southwest scene um, 
yeah and it's a great representation of the scene as well I think um and yeah I'm really excited to get this book out into the world and I'm really glad that your launch went so well as well I think having a launch at the end of of that whole massive book process of all the editing and the putting it all together and and then being able to have a party where all your loved ones come together and you get to be like oh, I've got this book yeah yeah it's uh, a I real would, celebration I would like to do more physical launches as well they just might take a little while yeah well as Clive says any gig that you do within the first two years of your book coming out is a launch oh okay <laughs> so you can just <laughs> put launch on everyone for the next two years <laughs> yeah I'm like that is some great advice there as a spoken word artist you know and obviously as spoken word artists you know selling books at gigs is the way that most of us make our money um so we hope to yeah definitely see you in Bristol again soon for sure it'll be lovely oh, I'd love to yeah it's only up the road it is yeah um, so we've reached that point of the episode where I would like to invite you to read a poem um, from the Priestess of the Powderpuff Experiment. Okay, Bridget, thank you. Um, it's really difficult to choose, um, but I think I'll, I'll do the one with the title in the poem. Fantastic. So it's, not, it's not one of my overly hilarious ones at all, um, but here we go. This is called Sanctuary. I am Priestess of the Powderpuff Experiment. Alice in the graveyard. I gather courage, pluck, shave, or choose otherwise if it suits. I trip through doorways into test tube universes. Red-eyed, white rabbit, black pussy, mad hair, bad hair day, by order of the queen, off with her head. Meandering, iron-robed, I performed a depilatory ceremony in the Chapel of Chaos. Later, I was chastised for tasting blood. Clothed in grit, castaway and foliate, for 2,000 years, I moon-wandered alone, finding only pretty photoshopped corpses and dust. There was no tea party. Eventually, I found sanctuary in my strawberry jam, poppy seed, rose water pump house heart. <laughs> I got into this habit of lockdown of clapping because there was a lack of applause. So I'm just <laughs> continued doing it. Lovely. So Jackie, where can people buy a copy of your book? Well, um, I don't have an, I do have a website, jackie-juno.com, and you can get in touch with me there. I don't have a little button that you press and you can buy the book, but you can get in touch and I can send you the book from wherever you are. Um, you can pay by PayPal or backs. Yeah, that's how I'm doing it at the moment. Great. And you can also um, get it from our web store, which is burningeye.co.uk. Uh, along with all of our other titles for this year and for the last 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful um, 10 years. Yeah, I know. It's been such a pleasure to have you on our cohort for our 10th, uh, 10th anniversary year. Um, and yeah, a pleasure to work with you on this book. Um, I'm so happy with it. Um, it's very you and I uh, can't wait to see it popping up in random places, which I'm sure it will. Oh, thanks, Bridget. 
thanks so much for chatting with me today. Um, it's been lovely to see you and I hope to get to see your face again soon. Brilliant. Lovely. Thanks so much.